Good morning. Uh, well, Merry Christmas, I suppose. Still is just the thing to say. Uh, and keeping in the theme of Christmas, uh, if you are someone who loves to sing Christmas carols, then today is a great day for you because <laughs> we will get to do that uh, for the last time this year uh, until we begin the Christmas season all over. Uh, so yeah, hopefully you're excited to do that, uh, to spend a little bit more time focusing and reflecting on Christmas. Um, I don't know. It's good. It doesn't have to just be one day. A couple of housekeeping items before we uh, jump into our service, though. Uh, one, uh, this week coming up, uh, we've been talking about the deadline for giving. So if you like to give regularly, uh, you can keep doing that. But if you're someone who's kind of uh, looking to maximize your giving uh, before the end of the tax season, uh, and you want to do that in person, the office will be open this week, Wednesday and Thursday from 10 to 1, and you can stop by, uh, and I will be here. Uh, so there's that's the first thing. Uh, and the second is we have Ralph and Carrie Peters coming. We've talked about it lots uh, as our interim lead pastors uh, in this next season of transition, and so they start... Uh, January 3rd, uh, and we just have a brief announcement from the, this morning, um, so I'm going to pray and then uh, let you hear from them, and then yeah, we'll dive in. God, we just want to bless you this morning and praise you and worship you, um, despite the frigid cold uh, and all of the things going on around us. God, help us just to uh, continue to focus on you this Christmas season uh, and to allow you to speak to our hearts. Amen. Well, I hope that each of you the last few days were able to just uh, celebrate and reflect on the birth of Jesus, uh, you know, in some way, shape, or form. I know it looks different for uh, so many of us. Um, I'm going to be honest. If we, well, I'm, I'm usually always honest with you, aren't I? So uh, nothing new there. But for me, this morning, it feels weird uh, to come to church like the day after Christmas. Um, and, I, and I was kind of like, why? Uh, and that's because we're people of tradition and routine and rhythms. Um, and so for the last several days, Jeff and I have spent a lot of time with our family it has been uh, lovely, uh, but at the same time, usually every year we uh, kind of like retreat on Boxing Day uh, and spend the time in our pajamas or sweats uh, and basically just recover uh, from all of the socializing. And if you are an introvert, uh, then you know exactly what it is I'm talking about. So it's like, okay, like just a little different. Uh, and that's okay. And I'm, and I'm only telling you all of this to say that basically this morning, uh, I want to just kind of keep with this idea of spending Christmas with family. Like, would you just allow me the grace to be a little less formal this morning? Uh, and instead of doing like a big expository sermon, uh, to bring you a word of encouragement. Um, yeah, just like I was, I was sitting with you in your, in your living room or your kitchen, and just chatting with you the way that uh, family uh, or old friends do. Uh, so let's pray and uh, do that. 
God, this morning, would you just encourage your church, your people? Uh, Would you just lift us up with your word? Would you fill us with your hope, God, uh, that this season is truly all about? And and just a reminder for, Lord, help me just to uh, bring uh, light (laughs) uh, with your word this morning, uh, that we would just feel, yeah, encouraged for what what life is like in uh, just often a dark uh, and challenging world. Amen. Um, so this year for Christmas, we bought our son a kitten. And I want to tell you about that a little bit. Uh, we wanted to surprise him for Christmas with this cat. You know, like the big Christmas reveal. Um, And anyhow, to make a long story short, we were able to successfully hide a cat in our house for uh, 90 hours. We didn't make it to Christmas morning, um, but Garrett was still thrilled and surprised. And so when Jeff and I, we went and we looked at the Humane Society a couple times at Kittens, and the second time we were there, we saw this particular cat that we ended up adopting. Uh, And Jeff made a comment about like, how this cat looks like a little lion or tiger. Uh, And like the 90s kid that I am, I'm like, oh, we could name her Nala. And he's like, I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, And so that was it. That sealed the deal for me. I'm like, yep, like this is the one. And so the next day we bring this kitten home. Uh, And while I'm looking at her in secret, of course, because remember, she's a surprise and we hid her in our home. I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't know, like, maybe Nala isn't really the name that suits her. Like, she kind of looks more like an Everest to me. Uh, And at the same time, Jeff is thinking, like, oh, well, like, she kind of looks like a Sierra. Uh, So clearly we were thinking, like, mountains. That's okay. Uh, And so I landed on the idea of, like, okay, we'll give Garrett this choice. When he gets this cat, we'll be like, okay, you can, like, name her Everest (laughs) or Nala. Like, you pick it's supposed to be his cat, right? Like, so, so that was our plan. Uh, but because of a lapse in communication, that's just real life, um, Garrett ends up hearing this kitty, and as the saying goes, uh, the cat was out of the bag. Okay, our cat was never in a bag. Do not be alarmed. But Jeff and I had given him a heads up, like, hey, these are the two names we had been... Uh, tossing around all week and kind of calling your cat. Uh, And to much of my dismay, Garrett didn't like either name, like either one. Uh, And so now we are the proud owners of a new kitten named Lily. Okay, that's its true story. Um, But this morning I wanted to just take some time and like chat about names. Why do names matter? Maybe you yourself have named a pet or a child or a car, or maybe even a business. And you know the amount of like thought uh, and processing that goes into naming something. And you ask yourself questions like, do I know anyone with this name? Do I like that person if I do? Like, I am glad I'm not a teacher when we had to name our son. You just know so many kids, I imagine it would make it quite challenging. Um, Maybe you ask yourself, like, what does this name rhyme with? Like, are kids going to pick on this thing? Because they do. Rhyming is just, you know, the means of communication. 
Um, but names are incredibly descriptive by nature, right? Like, we use names for all sorts of things, for objects like chairs or this building, the church. We have different types of trees, days of the week, numbers, geographical locations like cities or countries. Like, the list of things named goes on and on. And then names often have, like, this deeper meaning as well, don't they? Uh, last month, I believe, Pastor Rich uh, performed a baby dedication, uh, and he shared the meaning of Bryce and Elena's youngest daughter, Victoria. You saw her this morning, just wandering around, loving life. Um, and it has, like, the, the Latin root words, words meaning uh, victory or victorious, right? So, like, names are descriptive, and they can have deeper meanings, um, but they can also be destructive. We can not only label something or someone in a positive light or manner, but we can uh, quite easily tear people down with names. And we see this happen all the time. And I don't need to give a list of examples because uh, if you're anything like me, unfortunately, uh, names often come to mind far too easily. But either way you look at it, names are powerful. But why does that matter? Well, let's look at Matthew 1, starting in verse 18. We read, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. And all this place, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the birth of Jesus was quite scandalous. Like Mary and Joseph were engaged, and in that era, to kind of summarize it uh, quickly and casually, it was like the equivalent of being married without having consummated the marriage. And so for Mary to be pregnant despite it being the work of the Holy Spirit, would have got the rumor mill buzzing. I'm quite certain that there were people who didn't understand, who doubted that she was telling the truth, uh, and quite simply called her names. And the same goes for Joseph. He himself has doubts regarding Mary and the baby until the angel of the Lord appears to him. And yet, I can only imagine the questions or ideas that people would have had about the type of man he was to marry her anyway. And it isn't a stretch to think that he too would have been labeled or called names. And I encourage you, like, go through the accounts of Christmas and look and see what God calls them. It's quite amazing. And the truth of the matter is, 
they aren't even the heroes of the Christmas story, are they? Let's keep reading. In Luke 1, jumping a few Gospels over, we're going to start in verse 31. We read that an angel appeared to Mary first, and this is what he says to her. You, Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And it continues to say, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of the Most High, the Son of God, great, holy, Messiah, Emmanuel. These are just a few names in the entire Bible who describe who Jesus is. And I want to just take a moment this morning to reflect on one of them, Emmanuel. It literally translates from the Hebrew, God with us. However, I think at times we fail to grasp like the full implication and then miss out on the impact of what this means. John 1 approaches the idea of Emmanuel a little differently. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then it goes on to say in verse 14 that the Word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. Another pastor this Christmas put it this way, and I, I couldn't help but want to share it. The word didn't become a religious system. The word didn't become a theological checklist. The word didn't become a political movement. The word didn't become an ecstatic movement. The word became flesh, loving embodied existence. And today I want to remind you that God isn't on the top of a mountain or floating on a cloud somewhere blissfully unaware of what it is you're going through, of what it is your life and my life are like. Instead, quite the opposite is true. He literally walked this earth and experienced all that the world offers. Jesus was physically born. He grew up. He wept at the death of a friend. He was betrayed. His parents were poor. He learned a trade. He faced temptation. He got tired, like he slept. <laughs> he prayed. He bled. And he died. And yet he lived a sinless life. And thankfully, Jesus like it says, the word was God. Jesus was also fully God, fully human and fully God. Son of the most high, he overcame death. And then he paid the penalty for the sin of whoever would put their trust in him as Lord. He was resurrected from the grave and now is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. But before he ascended, to heaven, he says something so beautiful. His birth, he announces that, you know, God with us. And yet at his ascension, he says to his disciples, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end 
of the age. Like, he was with us then, he's with us now, and he'll physically be with us again one day. And the Holy Spirit is with us, dwells within us. See, you don't trust and serve a God who doesn't get it. You believe in and praise a God who fearfully and wonderfully created you. You trust in and serve a God who has sought you and pursued you. You believe in and praise a God who, because of love, has gracefully redeemed you. You don't trust in an absent or distant God. You believe in and praise a God who is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. So what's, what's in a name? That sweet name of Jesus, Emmanuel, is a reminder to us of who he is and what he has done. And this isn't a name that we gave to him. This is a name that God gave his son for us. And so we can be certain of it. Like God is with you in your hurt, and God is with you in your victories, and God is with you in your loneliness, and God is with you in your doubt. He's there in your triumphs and your relationships, in your weakness and your anger. God is with you in your resources. He's with you in your sickness. God is with you in your healing. God's with you throughout the midst of this pandemic. He's with you in your job. He's with you in your dreams. God is with you. God with you now and God with us always. And church, this morning, I just want to encourage you that whatever you do, don't lose sight of the fact that Jesus is with you. And like, if you think on that, if you meditate on that, if you, okay, like God is with me, there are parts of that truth that are so encouraging. And then there are parts of that truth that are like a little uncomfortable and maybe convicting. Like, oh, like, God, you saw me when I messed up again. Like, you were there. But he loves you. And he is with you. And despite being with me, when, when I get it wrong, he continues to be with me. And he continues to love me. Man. I just want to encourage you. But I also want to just leave you with this last thought. Yes, God with us, Emmanuel. But will you choose to be with him? Will you choose to be with him? Lord, we thank you that Christmas is a reminder of what you've already done. Christmas is a reminder of who you are. Christmas is a reminder of our humanity and why we need you. God, thank you that you gave your son the name Emmanuel, God with us. That we can put our trust in Jesus. That we can trust that name. That that name brings hope. And as we just wrap up 2021, 
And as we head into 2022, as we reflect on, you know, our lives thus far, would we just remember that what we're going through and where we're headed, God, that you're with us. But we got to make priorities to say that, yeah, we're with you, that, that we would spend time with you in all the ways that matter, in all the ways that, that say we love you back. God, we need you, but you already knew that. Help us to remember to just reach out. In Jesus' name, amen.